Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Oppress. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup, and that coffee is best two to 14 days after it's been roasted. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest baddest podcast in the land. We're hitting you with the dopest topics, the rawest opinion, by giving you the straight up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Oppress. We're giving sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On this episode, we'll be pulling back the curtain on everything you need to know about that COVID-19 vaccine and much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? I'm good, man. I'm still uh, a little uh, hungover, man, from the, the holidays and all that food I ate, man. I'm going to have to oh, hit that treadmill later, bro. <laughs> Shit. Man, you and me both, man. I think, ooh, I ate so much yesterday. My God. But, and have plenty, plenty of food left over. Dude, that's the problem, though. So, like, it's like, okay, you you get that good food, what, the night of, and then you have some good leftovers the next day, but then you look in that fridge and you're like, damn, man, we still got all this food up in here, bro. Damn. Oh, man. That'd be man. the problem, bro. <laughs> we, you know, a lot of people ask, like, man, I, I want to start my diet around these holiday season. Man, I tell people, man, you you might as well forget that and just start that on, on the on the first of the uh, the new year, cause yeah. all that food, my yeah. God. You know what? Uh, what my mom and them used to do, man, is they would uh after we would have like the big dinners and stuff like that, they would uh take like a lot of that stuff and you know kind of take it down to a uh, a pantry or like to a, a shelter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, man, that's like such a smart idea because all that stuff does you just sit around snacking yeah. on that stuff for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's you know, that's what my, my partner did, man. We we was at, while we was working, we saw a put uh, we saw a partner of ours that, you know, he's out, you know, asking people to change, holding up the uh door and stuff, letting people in and out at the gas station. And 
And we told it, we told Buddy, I said, man, we'll be right back. And went to the station and we had, you know, a little, little potluck and stuff. And we had a tray full of chicken and fries, man. I grabbed the whole tray, man. Went back and gave it to him, man. I said, man, Merry Christmas, man. Take that to your family. Yeah, man, because at the same for fact, you knew what was going to happen with that tray of chicken and fries, man. You yeah. know that, you know, it was just going to sit there and probably go to waste, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was tossed. Awesome. It was yeah. going to get tossed. Yeah, and I and I respect that, man, because like you said, man, there's a lot of people out here, man, right now that they ain't doing so well, right? And you know, I always talk about all these episodes with you, man. It's, it's very, it's very fortunate that you know we're in positions that we can provide, but you know, there's a lot of people out there because of this pandemic and other factors that they're not able to do so. So, you know, I really love that you guys is like, man, let me see what we can do to help this brother out. I wish more people had that type of mindset because most other people, uh, I'm sad to say, they would have just kept driving by, wouldn't even thought twice about that yeah. situation. Like you said, Brez, man, if a lot of people take that same approach, like, hey, man, we're, we're in a fortunate position where, you know, thank God he looked out for us and we're blessed where we can still work and, and provide and have income coming in. But there's a lot of people that's not fortunate like we are. And and, and for the ones that we can, that can do it, just, just look out. That's all. Yeah, that's it, man. Just wherever you can, right? And, mm-hmm. and we even know for people that are still bringing in income, maybe things may still be tight for them, but there's always still something we can do to, to maybe mm-hmm. look out for other people. Yes, sir. Jules, man, it's it's really funny, man. I, I wanted to tell you this before we get into the episode. So, bro, people listening to that last episode we did on the Christmas, our favorite movies, bro. Man, I had uh-huh. some awesome feedback that came in through our socials and then just from people that I know. A lot of people definitely came after me for the Elf uh, uh, comment about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You, I was shocked, too. But you know what, though? They all came for me, but nobody still had anything to say about the things that I said. I said, okay, that's fine. But I said, okay. can you explain to me how my man got a job, though, like that? <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody actually tried to tell me, well, one time I got a job doing Christmas help, and I didn't have to show any identification. I'm like, you ain't never got a job in this country <laughs> without showing any identification <laughs> or filling out an application. Stop playing with me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. No, but people they really loved it. They loved uh, hearing you know your stories about the uh, about your childhood, and you know people was really dying on that remote control with the wire thing that you know that we kind of joked oh, about. Dude. And uh, I actually <laughs> we had somebody that actually sent me a, a twenty five dollar Amazon card to go buy myself a remote control car, Shut which I thought up, was kind of dope. That was kind of dope. <laughs> hey man, shout out to that Fredeo. <laughs> hey, shout out to that person, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah, man. People are awesome, bro. But that also just goes to show you that not only uh are they supporting this podcast, man, but they actually listening to what we're saying on here, man. So that 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 kind of made me laugh and it kind of made me smile. Um, I actually um asked the person if they were okay with me donating that uh that gift card, uh, because you know we had that toy drive for the Bear Essentials podcast. So mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. went ahead and shared that uh, gift card with a kid that was probably, you know, maybe they could get themselves some sort of a toy or something like that. So, you yeah, know, I, I want to give up, it back. Man. Yeah, That's what's up, man. Man, that's good looking out there, Perez. But I did it in the name of that person that donated. But I thought, man, that was dope, man. They, they heard me talking about this remote control car and how I was probably, they probably envisioned me running down the street with this thing as a kid, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we, man. And, and them things, right, they, they don't go fast. Hell you no. just you just walking this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man. yeah, I think that sat with a couple people, man. But I, I I just thank everybody for the support of the podcast and listening to us, man. That that was definitely uh, well appreciated. We know that the content that we've had on this second season of of the podcast has been more, 
you know, serious content. But, you know, we, we hope that people understand that, hey, you know what? Jules and I want to use this platform for good, but we're also occasionally going to mix in content that's going to give you guys things to laugh about and feel good about it. When it be at Christmas time, we just felt that that was the uh, appropriate time to kind of change it up. So, Jules, that was a really dope episode last week, man. Yeah, I had fun doing that one, man. My God, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) And two, just thinking back to uh, just hearing about, you know, Things about like when you were telling that story about your mom with the with that live Christmas tree, and I was kind of like just thinking about it and, and imagining you, your brother, trying to hold that damn Christmas tree from sliding. Like that was like really cool. Yeah, it was just it's just funny <laughs> stories like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And them stories there, man. You don't think about it until you actually start talking and, and just reminiscing and thinking back. Like, oh man, I forgot all about that, and I forgot all about that until we started talking uh, about that that uh, you know Christmas uh, uh, time. Uh, memories in. And I was like, yeah, we, man, that tree was sliding and then my brother and I, we was holding on that tree and my mom got pulled over. I said, man, (laughs) (laughs) man, I haven't thought about, I haven't thought about that in years. And see, but that's the thing, man. Like when we, when we do shows like this, it just, you just start bringing up things. Cause like that wasn't scripted at all, man. That was just us just, man, we're just freestyling and talking about like just childhood memories, man. And it it was just, it was all from the heart. And that's the Mm -hmm. one thing that we hope that our listeners realize that, this podcast, man, this is all authentic. And this is just two dudes, man, that just basically just trying to, you know, be keep it real and keep it 100 with all of our listeners. So we definitely appreciate you guys for continuing to listen to us. And it was just awesome getting that feedback from people uh, after they listened to the episode. Thank you for the gift yes, card. And... <laughs> I, 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 yes, I probably sir. I probably do need to buy myself some sort of remote control car in the future, though. <laughs> hey, man, but you know what? Before the new year, man, I'm going to surprise you with something, man. I, I, you know, I just thought about something. I'm going to surprise you with something. Man. Oh, my man. So, so listeners, listeners, be on the lookout, man. And, and I'm going to reveal that, that surprise, if not next week, then the week after. All right, cool. Jules got something up his sleeve. (laughs) Well, speaking of someone having something up their sleeves, man, you got your boy 45 back at it again. Oh, snap. Back at it again, Jules. So we we saw that that Congress, you know, they were trying to get this uh, relief bill out to the people. And and I'll tell Mm -hmm. you this, man. When I saw, like, what was in that bill, Jules, I was super disappointed. Because I'm like looking at all this money that was going to like crazy, just different things. And I'm going to get into all the details of that. But I'll just say this. When you give $600 to people that have been waiting months and months and months for something, <laughs> when they've been like out of work and without benefits and stuff, I thought, man, that showed our Congress just, they don't get it, right? And then now you got mm-hmm. 45 coming out, Jules. And I don't know if you saw that. Well, he's basically coming out and saying, well, $600 isn't enough. We need to get the people $2,000. And so now he's going to block it. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this, because when I looked at what Trump did, I looked at it like, oh, that's just him pandering again. That's him planting his playbook, right? The I care so much thing and I'm going to block this thing. But then all he does is just starts pointing the finger and saying, well, I'm mad at the DOJ because, uh, you know, they, they couldn't uh, provide any proof about the, the Russia wrongdoing. Or I'm mad at the Supreme Court because they wouldn't listen to Texas's uh, lawsuit that was filed against uh, voter fraud that was going on in the 2020 election. So it's like he takes one situation and then it reverts it right back to stuff that matters to him. So I just want to get your thoughts on how you feel about this whole book bill as a whole and kind of like Trump's response to everything. Because it just kind of I looked at it, I'm like, man, what's your angle here, bro? What is disappointing on both sides now? I said uh, in previous uh, podcasts, I don't leave nothing up for the government that 
you know what I'm saying, that I, I need, you know what I'm saying, that, that looking for those for handouts or to, to, to take care of, or I run my house and I'm the president. And this is just goes to show, you know, people vote these politicians in to speak on their behalf. Now, the problem I have is, like you said, the Congress stuff that came up with this $600 uh, bill is not enough because people been off work since since what, what March. Yeah. It's almost going a year. Yeah. I mean, you had one stimulus check that came out. Of course, that, that, that came with they, they gave that out. What? Back in May? Yeah. Well, that's you know, that's gone. Of course, that was probably you know, gone as soon as people got it, man. That's that's gone. So we have another one, but six hundred dollars, twelve hundred for couples and stuff like that. And if you have kids, you know, that's still not enough. But then yeah. you get okay, it, it, it got passed. But then you know, what I'm saying Trump not going to sign. It. He says not enough. They should get two thousand and four thousand for couple. Hell, okay. If you're gonna give that much money, okay. First, where's it coming from? And if we can do it, we do have to give it back and stuff. Hey, man, what's going on with this? But then. Of course, they bump heads. That's not going to get passed. And I believe he knew that. He knew that. I believe he knew that. And he's just trying to save it. You know, I, tell you the truth, Press, I don't know what he's trying to do. You know, I know he's, he's still bitter because he didn't win and things not going his way. It's not going to get reversed and stuff like that. And and he's letting everybody go and pardons and stuff like that. Man, this is this 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 it's right a, here, man. It's a joke, bro. Right. I, 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 but still, we got people that's out here that have, you know, that's not working, that need that income. That need right. that, that that money, and we're playing. You know, yeah, what I'm saying we 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 bickering and playing with people's lives here, and that's and that's what that's what pissed me off. How hard is it to come up with a, with a, with a stimulus bill? Both everybody agree on and pass. Yeah, uh, and this is to your point, I definitely stand with that viewpoint that you had, where I don't put my uh, basically faith and control in the hands of other people, but at the same time, there's people out here that really need this help, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I look at it like this, man. Both sides of the aisle basically fucking shit the bed on this one, man. They failed this entire country because even when you look at the proposed bill, to me, it just came up like it was just all about personal agendas and not the American people. Mm-hmm. There was money that's basically going to all of these different countries. There was millions of dollars that they put to uh, rehab and furniture uh, in the damn Congress. But I'm sitting up here like, dude, there's people out here that are starving. There's people out here that can't pay bills. And y'all have the nerve to write money in for shit like that. There's money in there for the border wall in Mexico. That bill has this so much money and excess stuff that's going in there. How can they even call that a relief bill, Jules? To me, that seems like this is a bill that we're going to basically, all the things that we think that are important in this country, we're going to basically write in there. And then whatever's left over, we'll just throw to the U.S. people. So it's scraps. Yeah. Chris, I, man, this here, I, I hope this next, uh, uh, Biden and his uh, cabinet, we need to get things back into in perspective, back in order here, man. Because this is just this is just crazy. And American people need to be outraged. They should be. They should be. Because the thing about it is, what's happening is you have people left and right that are basically still basically carrying the water and arguing back and forth. Where they should be looking at both sides and saying both sides are failing us. And that's what I've been saying on this podcast <laughs> since we've been doing right. it this whole entire time, man. Right. It don't matter to me about party, man. These people all are being voted in to represent us and they're not doing their jobs. And that's why I always tell people when you vote, it's a very important thing that you could do. And you have to educate yourself on who you're voting for, because a lot of these career politicians, they have shown you over the years and decades who they really are. My mom always had a saying, man, if somebody show you who they really are, you better believe them. You better believe them. 
And this is what we this is what we're seeing. Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, it doesn't matter. Right is right, wrong is wrong. All you got to do is figure out what the hell the people need and stuff like that and give it to them. what's good for the people. That's all. Not good for a Republican or Democrat. Yeah, we know. Listen, I, I, we've been around. We've been around the block a few times and <laughs> we know they, they each side got their own agenda. Yep. And very few of them probably give a, you know, give a damn about the American people. So, I mean, but come on, but this right here show you like, man, come on now. Y'all, we, we got to do better. Y'all got to do better. Y'all got to do better. Because the thing about it is, too, now with Trump's playing this whole thing is the fact that if he doesn't sign off on this thing, bro, uh, there mm-hmm. could be a potential government shutdown on Tuesday. Um, so they flew the bill out there to Florida because, you know, he was busy golfing, you know, because I'm sure he was hard at work, you know, these last couple of weeks. <laughs> 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 you know, Damn. people still dying from this damn pandemic and shit. And my man's down there golfing with no worries. But, you know, that's another story altogether there. But. I'll just say this, bro. He claims that he wants to increase the payments. But I got a question for our listeners and anybody that probably thinks that, oh, man, Trump's doing this for the right reasons. Why did it take him so long to get involved in this situation? Right. Why wasn't he involved in the negotiation process from the beginning? Because they said that he was absent from all the talks. Dude, that's what see. That's what we're talking about. If they going through this relief bill, the stimulus relief package, stuff like that, wouldn't he as a president be sitting in there? Of giving course. his you know opinion and his thoughts and stuff like that. So they proposed this bill. It's out there. And then here he comes talking about it's not good enough. Well, right. bro, well, dude. Well, okay. Where, Where you been you at? Sitting in on it? yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't get that, man. Because that's like uh, I'm, I'm a, I've always I always put it back into uh, the work world, right? You, let's just say you, you you got a group uh project that you're working on, right? And mm-hmm. you got one person that probably was little, he was very, or she was very limitedly involved in the process, right? So the collective, they go through, put all this time and effort in to try to make something happen. Then this person comes in and is like, yeah, I don't really like what you guys put together here. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. You'd be like, but bro, we was the ones that was doing all the research, developed this thing, got this thing off the ground. And now here you come at the last minute saying, well, it's not good enough. We need to do more. It's like, well, where you been? Because right. if you felt if you felt so strongly about it, you should have had your ass in here in these meetings with us. Well, it's all it's, it's all a part of the plan, man. This is all insidious. Oh well, you know what? I'm let him. I'm let I'm let I'm let the Congress and the House and stuff let them put out this thing here. Okay, I'm gonna come back and say, you know what? No, this ain't good enough. Knowing damn well they ain't gonna they ain't gonna pass no two thousand dollars, four thousand dollars for a family no. bill. No. But you know what I'm saying? But I'm seeing like the the good guy out of all this. But people know, man. People know, like, wait a minute. You, like what we just said. If that was the case, you would have been in on it, on constructing this bill. hmm hmm Real quick on that, because you're right. If, if you and I care about something, we're going to make sure that our opinion is heard, right? hmm So that's that's it. So any th- anytime somebody does something that's, other, that's alternate to that, then all you know is that's the person that's just talking shit, man, just to like convolute, just to kind of blow something up. And that's exactly what he did because by him now muddying the waters, which is what he does, right. now you got a potential government shutdown that's on our hands. And you also have people with unemployment benefits that are set to lapse this weekend. Right, right. Aid checks and stuff like that. And also that the eviction protection. Yes. Dude, yep. we talking about people who are getting evicted. We talking about people ain't getting help from, from, from the government for the aid and stuff like that and unemployment. And what do you right. think is going to happen when 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 people have to get is getting evicted or not getting money for food and feed their kids and stuff like that? You know, it's not good for everybody. Right. Exactly. 
So this is my thing. When you look at somebody where he, President Trump has had so much blood on his hands in his presidency, right? And you look at what he's doing now, and this is just, to me, flat out criminal. And like you said, there's uh, repercussions that happen from actions like this. And we don't want a situation where we see people that are desperate and trying to do things to provide and help their families when uh, resources aren't made available to them. So, Jules, that's just something that concerns me. And they, they need to get their asses in line and help the American people. That's all we just said in the beginning of this podcast. Man, when, when those who who's are fortunate and blessed to have it, just look out for the, those for the ones who need. And that's what we were just talking about. But, but this is just a whole larger scale. That's all. Same principle. And these fucking people that are supposed to be representing us, you people need to fucking do better. You know, we know that you guys are in your mansions and we know that you guys are living your best lives. But there's people out here that are fucking dying. There's people out here that don't even know how they're going to fucking make their ends meet. Stop bickering and making this about policy and politics and fucking do your damn jobs. I'm sick of the fucking bullshit. I'm sick of this shit where they'll get in front of these cameras and they say what fucking people they think the people want to hear. We don't give a shit what you fucking think and say. Actually, speak louder than words. Fucking do your fucking jobs. That's it, man. Hey, hey, hey you said it there. Hey, I, hey, I'll second it. I'm just going to say this, man. And we're going to get into the main the nuts and bolts of this episode. Now we're going to talk about this, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. But to me, all of this stuff kind of goes hand to hand with each other because if this administration would have acted on this virus and this pandemic sooner than it did, can you imagine where we would be in regards to this? We would have this thing at least in a better situation than we do now. You know, we, we got to think about this. 2020 has been the lost year. It's been a lost year because we had an administration that chose to uh, ignore what was going on with a global pandemic. Right. So now we see here now in December, Jules, that we have different uh, manufacturers now that are starting to get uh, a vaccine out there uh, to the public place. Now, Mm -hmm. One thing that I wanted to talk to the audience about before me and Jules was kind of just basically break down this whole entire, you know, COVID-19 vaccine. For our listeners, just think about in the past, vaccines, they take many years to develop, right? So we want people to realize that with this COVID vaccine, the reason why this vaccine was able to basically be put together as quickly as it has been is because our government was able to work with China and China was able to get them basically uh, genetic information uh, that was pertaining to the SARS and, and, the, and the coronavirus uh, vaccine. And so when they had it available, they got that stuff over to us a few years ago. And I think that actually helped where we are today with having this vaccine available to the people, right? Because these are vaccines. This is the stuff that you can't just do overnight. And when we look at this actual COVID vaccine as it is, it's finally here. And this is going to be an important tool, man, to help to prevent the spread of this pandemic. Now, I know that you and I have had our own uh, opinions about the vaccine, and we're not here on this podcast to tell people what they should or should not do. That is up to you guys to educate yourselves, to basically do your research, to even consult with your primary care physician, because everyone has different factors health-wise, right, that needs to be taken into it to effect, right? Some people have, you know, different allergic uh, reactions to certain, you know, things, right? Whether it's a vaccine or whether it's an injection, right? Some people may be low risk versus high risk. So there's a lot of things that people have to take into consideration when it comes to something like this. But I would say this, man, for individuals that are first responders, right? 
Uh, you got a lot of healthcare people that are on that front line where they're exposed to people on a daily basis. The, and these people to me are our heroes because these are the people that haven't had that benefit of being able to work from home, right? These people have been basically on the front lines this entire time. Now, individuals like that, those are the people that I believe should be taking this thing because they are putting their lives at risk every single day, Jules. I got you. Yeah, I got you. And I'm on those essential workers out there and stuff like that. And those, you know, the vaccine stuff, like you said, how it takes months and uh, I'm sorry, years and stuff to 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 produce and stuff like that. And and to 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 get it out and stuff like that. And it's it's essential and, and it definitely is a game changer. And 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 for the ones who's out there with the public stuff like that, you get it, you know, get it first. And people who are older and stuff like that and have underlying conditions. It's just what you said earlier that kind of hit me when you was talking about, hey, if if the Trump party and stuff like that would have jumped on it sooner, we probably had a better, you know, we would have a better understanding, better hand on it. Right. And it's just, like you said, this year right here is just just messed up and how, where we at right now and things we have to do and, and games people are playing. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's messed up, man. It's, it's, it's not good. And it's not no. good and people are dying and stuff, so. Yeah, you're playing with people's lives, man. Yeah. You're playing with people's lives. The thing, though, with this virus, um, for a lot of people that are kind of thinking about it, right? So there's two doses that are going to be needed. Basically, depending on the specific vaccine that you get, they're saying that a second shot, uh, Jules, is required uh, two to three weeks after the first shot. And they said, right. by doing that, you get the most protection of the vaccine. And so I think that when you look at this whole thing, people have to really understand what this uh, vaccine is, and then they could then determine if it's something that they will want to pursue for themselves. Because the one mm -hmm. thing that when you look at this vaccine and what it basically has is it basically helps your body to develop immunity to the virus that causes COVID, right? And then the thing about it is that once um, you have developed those immunities and basically those antibodies, you know, they're hoping then it basically prevents you from basically getting that illness in the future. But as we know, different type of vaccines work in different ways, and a lot of them offer different protections, right? So there's a lot of different options that are available for this vaccine. The three different ones that we saw, there was one that's an mRNA vaccine, there's a protein version of the vaccine, and then there's a vector vaccine. And so those are the types of vaccines that are available. And one of the things that we wanted to just make sure that we were educated people on is that none of the vaccines themselves um, can give you COVID-19, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they're also even saying that the vaccines that are created with that mRNA, uh, uh, they said that they may be even better at protecting uh, people from, uh, from the disease or, the, or this virus. But the mRNA vaccine, that one basically... It gives your cells instructions for how to make uh, a protein that is unique to the virus. So basically, the why that one is really key is that it helps you kind of build up some of those antibodies, and it goes into basically the nucleus of a cell. So basically, uh, just for any people that basically are familiar with, you know, when you were coming up and you were taking science, that is a very effective way to be able to neutralize something. And this one itself does not alter your DNA. Um, there was a lot of talk about that. Um, as being one of the things that people are worried and concerned about. Well, there's enough data out there that kind of explains how that um, that works, how this particular vaccine works. And for the place that it goes into, it doesn't do any sort of altering of DNA. The Pfizer vaccine, like you said, and it's for... Now, 
I know is that the Pfizer have you, you is aged from 16 and up and uh, Moderna's is 18 and up and stuff. And, you know, I'd seen like like you said, that that biotech shot is better because it is 21 days apart and stuff like that. And the other one, the Moderna's is 28 days apart. So that's cool. That's cool. That's, that's, that's definitely what's up, man, because it's been a, definitely a lot of talk with that. Uh, with people, what are they actually putting into you and will it make you sick or will it, you know, will you live in the next 20 years? So it's definitely some concerns. You know, people have some some genuine questions when it comes down to this vaccine. Yeah, uh, because the thing about it is, as I had mentioned just a, a second ago about how mm-hmm. the different vaccines work in different ways. So one thing just and this is going to kind of get a little nerdy just from uh, the research that I did on it, but people have to realize that they have two different uh, memory uh, lymph sites in their body. You have the T lymph sites and you have the B lymph sites, right? These are things that you need to help you fight viruses, right? And this is something that'll help you fight the virus in the future, right? The thing about it is that it takes a few weeks for the body to produce these after you're being vaccinated. So it is possible that a person could be infected with the virus that causes COVID just before or just after being vaccinated. And then Mm -hmm. they could get sick Um, because of the vaccine, uh, just because they didn't have enough time to build up those protections. So I think that that's something that a lot of people have to think about, right? You have to still think about still being precautious, right? Still social distancing, wearing your mask, doing all these different factors, because even if you do get vaccinated, you still want to make sure during that period of time that you're still, you know, keeping yourself, you know, at at harm's lift away from, you know, different things. And I think that that's going to be really important for people as they kind of continue to go down the, the pipeline. Yeah, because those are great uh, benefits from that from that vac- uh, vaccine. Because, uh, like I said, keeping you from getting seriously in- uh, sick, even if you do have that, that COVID nineteen, it pre- you know also protect people around you, people who are increased risk for you know uh, with underlying conditions, your early people and stuff like that. And like I said, build the immune system up, you know, so where you can. Um, so you won't be able to get it and stuff like that. So definitely great benefits from this vaccine. Yeah. And the thing about it is, too, um, building up that immunity is, is going to be very important um, as we kind of go forward with this whole thing. Because the way that germs and, and viruses and things like that work, especially the virus that causes COVID, once they invade your body, they attack and they immediately multiply. Right. So th- that invasion is what we typically call an infection. And that's what really causes people to get sick. Um, so our immune system, as, as it is now, it uses tools to fight infection, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people realize the blood contains red cells. What these things do is they carry oxygen to your tissues, your organs, and all the different immune cells that help fight infection, right? So the first time that a person is infected with COVID, right, it could take them several days or even weeks for their bodies to make or use all the germ-fighting tools that are needed to get over the infection. So I've known people that I've actually talked to to kind of help me, you know, kind of prepare for, you know, this conversation today. And every single person that I know that ever that's recovered from this thing, each of them had different symptoms. Each of them had different recovery times. Right. The big thing about it is that, like you said, every person's body reacts differently to this stuff. But then after the infection, the person's immune system remembers what it learned about how to protect the body. And that's generally why uh, a lot of times people wanted to kind of get individuals that have recovered from it because they want to kind of get, you know, a sample of their blood where they can test and analyze it and things of that nature, because now your body has that, you know, those antibodies that are there to now protect you against this virus going forward. 
Yeah, you know, I talk, also talked to a few a few partners of mine, and and each one pretty much had different uh, symptoms and stuff. Like one person couldn't uh, smell, one person couldn't taste, or a fever, a headache, and stuff like that. Uh, and then one person was actually just you just out, just bedridden for for at least ten days. He was telling me with this virus here with the, the different people is just it's just crazy because you can have have person one partner of mine didn't have any symptoms. This right here, this, this ain't no joke because even if you don't have symptoms, but you go around people and, you know, give them the virus, it can really make them sick or who knows, passing away and stuff, which we have seen and heard, you know, throughout this uh, throughout this year. Well, that's why I've been on this podcast at first season of it. And even when we came back the second season, basically saying that, look, we got to we have to not be selfish. Uh, fuck your vacations and, and all these big gatherings that people want to have, because this thing is no joke. And the people that I know personally that have uh, con- contacted uh, the virus, it was because they were having like dinners with family, right? Because they were like, yeah, you know, I miss my family. We want to have a dinner together. And what was happening is we were seeing entire households of people where there was the mom and the dad and then the kids, they're all coming down with this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just prudent for people to just realize that, hey, you know what? There's a lot of sacrifices that need to be made right now. Um, and if you can't guarantee that the people that you're coming into contact with have been quarantining and, and taking all the different precautions, then I just encourage people just to to be smart, you know, and and make better decisions. Because just because you know there's a vaccine that's, that's available, there's going to be a process that me and Jules are going to get into on on this episode of how this thing is going to be rolled out. Because as he's mentioned, he's a first responder, and a lot of these individuals. Uh, are they're going to basically open the vaccine up to them first, right? Because there's going to be different levels to this. The high risk are people that are basically going to have ex- uh, high risk exposure to other people. Those are the individuals that we're going to basically make sure that they're going to get that that virus first. I mean, the uh, the vaccination the first. Thing, yeah. Um, we're also going to make sure uh, that you know your healthcare workers, your healthcare providers, these and other individuals that we're going to see that are also going to be in line to get this as well. Right. This, as I mentioned earlier, these are just people that have been on that front line this whole entire time that we've seen the pictures of them online where these people have been stuck with those masks around their faces for 12 to 15 hour shifts. And they look like they've been in a in a heavyweight championship battle. I mean, it's it's insane. That's the fact that these individuals are doing all of what they're doing to help and to make a difference to save lives. But they're putting their lives mm-hmm. at risk every day. Yeah, the uh, it's it's one of them things that well. I'm glad that you know we get this vaccination is coming out here. This vaccine is coming out, so we can kind of get some, you know, kind of get this thing handled and stuff, and and kind of get back to back to normal, back to everyday life where we don't have to use the mask and and have, don't have to practice distancing and stuff like that. But we, you know, definitely got to get it right though. So, absolutely, because as I mentioned earlier, uh, we want to just make sure that people know that. None of the COVID-19 vaccines that are in development or that have already made it past the development stage contain the Mm. live virus that contains COVID. So we just want to make sure that people realize that the COVID vaccine will not cause you to test positive or any COVID test. Um, One thing, though, we want to make sure that people realize, though, if your body develops an immune response, which is the goal of the vaccine, then that means that basically you may test positive on some antibody tests, right? And mm-hmm. what that means is it basically indicates that you had a previous infection and that you may have some level of protection against the virus, right? But what people are, especially experts, what they're trying to figure out, Jules, is basically 
how COVID-19 vaccines may affect antibody testing results going in the future. Because people who have already gotten sick with COVID uh, may still benefit from getting vaccinated. And that's so they're just trying to just figure out, you know, all the different ways of how these things work when they go through some of these various tests. So real quick on what, how that, how that work, you know, the scientists, they identify, you know, as far as this vaccine, how it works and stuff, the scientists, they identify the genetic code of this coronavirus. And they take, like you said, they take those proteins that develops and they reproduce, they kind of spike it and shape and reproduce this, uh, this other virus, you know what I'm saying? Kind of reproduction of this virus. They inject this weaker virus to combine with it, to kind of dilute it and stuff like that. So uh, the protein, you know, allow it to, to reproduce. Now, the weakest virus, the weakened virus that would mix with the COVID-19, you know, is injected in human, human beings, where that weakened virus start producing. So then the body starts to recognize this and, be, you know, develop the antibody for it. And, you know, and it will fight against that virus and eventually kill it off. So, and then if it, you know, let's say if it happens year down, down the line in future and stuff like that, if that virus is like into your body, your, your body will immediately remember and know how to, how to fight it off. That's, you know, I guess, you know, how it works and stuff like that as far as this, this vaccine. That's one of the things that I was actually unclear of because um, when I was looking at some of the information on some of the trials that they've done so far, they were saying that they didn't know how long someone is actually protected from getting sick again um, after they recover from COVID. Um, so they're still trying to assess basically um, how long immunity basically is going to last um, by people uh, receiving these vaccines. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like I said, there's still a lot of data that's basically coming out right. on that. Um, but I don't know, man, I would just say uh, when, when you look at this whole thing, I think that's why it's going to be really important uh, for individuals, uh, Jules, to just make sure that they're doing their research and and do your research on unbiased organizations and publications, right? Because there's a lot of science publications that are out here that they base all of their findings on the science itself, not opinions, not, you know, basically things that they may be getting compensated for financially, because we know how those things come into play with situations like this as well. Also, we briefly talked about the individuals that were receiving. There's different phases of it. Um, so we talked about the basic, the first responders. Um, there's going to be that group that Jules was talking about. You have your adults that are going to be like 65 to 75. Um, but you're also going to have individuals between the ages of 16 to 64 that are high-risk medical conditions individuals and also other essential workers. Um, so that just makes sure that we're basically going after that population that basically are the individuals that they deem that we want to make sure we can kind of slow down uh, the spread of the virus with that with that group of people, right? And I think that that's really important, and especially when you think about some of your essential workers. We're seeing there's a lot of different industries and people that are considered essential that we wouldn't have considered in the past, whether it's your individuals that may work in retail stores or individuals that work at a convenience store or, or you know, a shopping mall or whatever it may be. These are individuals that we have seen now that have become vital and considered like individuals that, you know, we need to basically make sure that these individuals are being protected as well. Yeah, so pretty much. I mean, the smart play, if you was to ask, if they was to ask me, the smart move, like you say, where there's a group of people where, like your hospitals, of course, you're essential workers because they're out there in the front lines. Anybody who's working the front lines and stuff like that should get get the vaccine if it won't. So, you know, some people are just not, you know, not comfortable with it and stuff like that. I get it. Okay. 
if you want and stuff like that, it's there for you to take and stuff like that. If you're not going to get it, then make sure you still practice uh, uh, social distancing and mask and wash your hands and all that stuff. So the smart play is to essential workers, your hospitals, uh, retirement homes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a place where there's a lot of people that can be affected at one at one time, you know, and then your um, people who are, are, are you know, undisclosed, have the underlying um, conditions and stuff like that, your elderly and stuff like that and and so forth. And then and then, you know, from you go from there and then from everybody else. If you ask me, that's why I, that's how I will play it. I know, but the CDC pretty much is making it, you know, whole vaccine recommendations and stuff like that. And once it gets approved by the FDA, you know, Food and Drug Administration, they will hold up these meetings to see, you know, they review the data and stuff like that and see who will be recommended first. You know, like we talk about the healthcare and 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 and, and, and uh, residents of long term healthcare facilities and essential workers and industries and and people of high risk and you know for to get the COVID nineteen. So we're talking about people sixty five years old and older. I know 20 million people are going to get it this month. I believe I read uh press like 20 million is going to be distributed this month and then 20 million to 25 in, in January. Yeah, I did see something like that too. But one thing to kind of keep in mind with this stuff is uh, the general public, they may not basically get uh, this access to this vaccine until mid to late summer um, because it's going to take a long time to get through that population of the high risk individuals, right? And then what I also saw, Jules, is that each state health department on their websites, they're going to be different uh, information on there that kind of lets people know at what stage they're in with this stuff. And states also are going to basically have their own uh, way of being able to regulate the vaccine. Um, so then you'll see that they will basically be able to decide who gets it first and, and, and so forth. So you may see that some states' guidelines may be different than other states. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I mean, you got to think about supply and demand with stuff like this, because uh, that's going to have to be weighed really heavily, especially during this initial rollout phase. Because you mentioned earlier with like Pfizer and Moderna and the different vaccines that are already received this emergency use approval. Um, mm-hmm. These things right here, though, if you have all these individuals that are set to get this vaccine, it then comes into play. How many of these things are going to be available as we continue on getting more and more people vaccinated? Right. Because it does look like so far. There's high demand for healthcare workers and other essential people that are expressing interest uh, in getting this vaccine. I mean, especially after they've seen that there is a couple months of data uh, from some of the clinical trials and things of that nature. Um, and that's really why we've been able to get this emergency use um, authorized, is because there's been enough data that has shown that this vaccine has been shown to be safe, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. What they're right. seeing right now is that there's individuals that are having just like milder type of symptoms. Um, so whether that may be someone that just may have like, you know, uh, it may get a fever or they may have like some pain in the area where they got the injection. And it's stuff like mm-hmm. when they'll tell the people, hey, if you start to feel some of those mild like symptoms, put like a cold washcloth on the area where you had the uh, injection. And that could kind of help uh, with that pain or, you know, maybe exercise and stretch that area. So that way, you know, you have your uh, access to mobility with that area. And then they were just saying if someone, you know, has like a fever or something like that, that that's a situation where they may want to, you know, uh, consult with their physician just to make sure that uh, they're uh, letting that physician know some of the things that they're feeling symptom wise. Yeah. It's something like also like other uh, like the flu, uh, you get the uh, 
flu shot and stuff like that. Some people experience pains and swellings and stuff like that. And I think it's just in vaccine in general. Hell, I think it just just getting a shot, you'll get you'll get some pains and swelling and stuff like that, man. I remember <laughs> I uh I remember get a penicillin shot as a kid and I fell out. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So uh, so you know so those things those things happen you know so things are are kind of normal and uh normal reaction when you get those uh uh shots and stuff. That was like that nurse that they had on when they had they did her uh, uh her vaccination on live uh TV and she fainted. And uh then Man. she basically said that yeah that's happens to her when she gets uh vaccines or shots. So she mm. said that was kind of normal to what happens to her. But I was like, man, that's that's not a good look when you're trying to uh, get public trust in the vaccine that that happens no. on live TV like that. <laughs> that's a that's a little scary. I'm like, oh wait a minute, forget that. <laughs> forget that. Uh, yeah, that's like uh, Obama and, and, and Bush and Biden. Everybody want to get on TV to, to to show this thing. Yeah, man. Like you say, if you go the wrong way, like that nurse and stuff, like people, uh-uh, I ain't getting that. I ain't getting well, that vaccine, that shot. This is my only thing when it comes to that situation, because while I see what they're trying to do, because they're trying to get mm-hmm. to get public trust with this type of stuff, I don't need to see some rich or famous person on live TV getting an injection for that's going to influence me. That's not going to influence me because when I look at something like that, I'm like, I don't even know what's in that syringe. You could be giving that person a B12 shot for all I know. How do I know that that's a True. vaccine in there? For True. me, it's always going to be about the science, bro. And I need data. And so that's why these clinical trials for me, Jules, are so important, because once we have maybe six months to maybe nine months of data and the data that they've basically done, not just with people that are healthy and fit, but let's make sure we're basically doing in these trials, diverse people, people from different type of health risks, right? Uh, Whether it's minority people that maybe have, you know, hypertension, high blood pressure, whatever the case may be. But I want to see different type of people also have clinical trials that involve women that are pregnant, uh, children that are under the age of 12, because right now, a lot of the trials exclude the children and the women that are pregnant, right? So there's just a lot of data that we don't have. And so for me, when I look at this, I need to see data across multiple type of uh, groups for me to be able to make an educated decision on what I choose to do. Right. Like I say, it just got put in the time. Because right now, it's, this thing is fresh, it's new and stuff like that. And and people in, in high places want to get this thing out to kind of get things back in perspective and stuff like that. But like you said, we can't rush this. There's, these one things you can't rush and you can't just, hey, this the uh, cure-all, you know, this shot right here is the cure-all and stuff like that. Yeah, we definitely have to have the uh, data and what actually what can do to different, you know what I'm saying, to different folks and stuff like that. So, you know, some of the side effects usually, you know, kind of starting with a couple of days, you know, a day or two after getting the vaccine if you get flu-like symptoms, it might affect your ability to do, you know, activities, you know, daily activities. But they're saying it should go away in a few days. So we were, so the experts in, in science are still guessing. They're yeah. still looking at it and they're still guessing and, and monitoring to see what actually what this thing can do and stuff. Yeah, because what they say, too, is they said that those symptoms, which are mostly being reported as mild and resolved mm-hmm. within a day or two, they said that those are signs that your body is building protection uh, against, okay. against the virus. Um, but the one thing that I will say, and I want to highlight, um, there's going to be people that have allergies, whether it's to foods or insects, mm-hmm. latex or whatever like that, things of that nature. Um, so those are things, if you have any sort of allergic reactions or situations, you should always consult with your physician just to make sure that you're on a, on a good spot with that. Because 
there's a lot of people that have severe allergic reactions to uh, stuff like that. And I, so you just don't want to put yourself in a situation until you've had proper medical, uh, you know, consultations to just make sure that you're in a, in a good spot. Yeah. In regards to the swine flu pandemic that we saw, um, basically, I think that might have been back in 2009. With that mm-hmm. one, we saw that young children were considered high risk, right? And so a lot of states, when they were rolling out the different vaccines for that, they focused on children, right, and healthcare workers. Um because what they were trying to do is they were trying to get to that population that they thought were the mass spreaders of this pandemic. So what we saw with that swine flu vaccine and how that stuff was rolled out, we'll see kind of probably some similarities with just making sure that we're targeting the type of correct groups. Because what what they want to do with this vaccine, Jules, is they want to basically create uh, herd immunity, right? Which for them, that mm-hmm. measures that there's at least 60, 70% of a population that has been vaccinated, right? But when I look at something like that, I say, that's not something that's going to happen overnight because there's two things that have to basically go into fruition. You have to, A, have the trust of people uh, when it comes to something like that, and then you have to have enough of the supply to ensure the individuals will be able to have that. And that's some of the things right now that we're looking at where there's 13 different uh, providers that have this vaccine uh, that's ready, right? Uh, but we see that there's mm-hmm. about three to four that basically have been right. basically approved. Mm-hmm. And so then that's also the situation. So these 13 to 14, they've kind of gone through the four stages or four phases of the testing for the for the pandemic. So for our audience that doesn't realize, in order for you to even be able to get a vaccine basically um, on the radar, it goes through these f- different phases. Um, and so phase one is really when they go through and they find and identify healthy volunteers. So these are individuals that are in good health, good shape, right? Then the second mm-hmm. phase is where they bump it up and they ask for 100 volunteers of various, whether they're healthy, whether they have health issues, whatever the case may be. And then the third phase of this is basically when they have 1,000 or more volunteers. And that, again, is basically various health conditions, various age groups, and so forth. And then when you get to phase four, that's when your basically vaccination or treatment has been approved by the FDA. And that's when it's made available to the public. And so as we mentioned, there's still a lot of these other providers that are waiting to get through those different phases. But we have three or four right now that basically are being made available to to the public. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good to know, man. I didn't know that. Okay. That's good to know. One note right quick, Prez. I was going to say that the, uh, that the uh, that the Pfizer and the Moderna's uh vaccination they don't carry any eggs or la- or latex or preservatives you know what I'm saying okay just like, yeah you know what I'm saying I just wanted to add that in there because like you you brought up a good point about if people are allergic to latex or yep. or different type of foods and stuff like that I just wanted to add that that part in right quick yeah because that's that's definitely important to, to know now a couple of things for people to kind of keep their mind on if they do decide that they want to go ahead and get this vaccine. So any individual that does get the vaccine, what's going to happen is they're going to receive a vaccination card or a printout that basically lets you know what COVID vaccine you received, the date that you received it, and then where you received it, right? Then they also give individuals like a fact sheet. And basically what that does, is that just gives you more specific information about the vaccine that you're getting offered. Um, and then also, each authorized vaccine comes with its own fact sheet. So it basically just gives you a better understanding of all risks and benefits of receiving that specific vaccine. Also, 
for anybody that's looking to figure out, well, how is this thing considered to be safe? What are things that are basically put into play with that? Uh, Jules, I don't know if you saw, but there's this application. It's like a, a smartphone-based uh, tool. It's called uh, VSafe. And what they do with that one, it basically they use text messaging and different web surveys um, mm-hmm. just to provide you know health check-ins for individuals that have had this. So it just basically just another checks and balances way for them to just make sure um, that people are, are doing okay and, and that they can basically check on people to kind of get their results and things of that nature. And also, this VSafe also reminds people to get that second dose uh, if yeah. when they when they need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely had to check that out, man. And that's good, man, because you know what? People forget stuff. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? People forget stuff and you need a reminder, stuff like that. So that's that's one excellent, excellent tool to to have to use to kind of educate and help people, you know, be on get on top of uh get on top of their, their vaccine. And also too for people to kind of think about too when it comes to costs that are associated with these different vaccines. Um, so from what I saw, doses range from three dollars to about thirty-seven dollars per dose, uh, depending on which vaccine mm-hmm. that's basically given. Um the Moderna, they have their two-dose vaccine, and that one goes for around $32 to $37. That Pfizer vaccine, that's also a two-dose variety, and that's expected to go around $19.50 a dose. Mm-hmm. And then also Johnson & Johnson, their two-dose vaccine is going to cost an estimated $10 per dose. Um, the AstraZeneca, their two-dose vaccine may be even the cheapest one. That's about the 3 to $4 a dose for that one. But no a U.S. citizen uh, is going to have an out-of-pocket expense uh, in regards to receiving this, Uh, whether, you know, you have uh, private insurance, uh, uninsured, if you have Medicaid or Medicare, nobody was going to pay out-of-pocket for the vaccine itself. Uh, Because what's happening is right now, these vaccine doses uh, have been purchased with U.S. taxpayer dollars, uh, so they'll be given to us at no cost. Uh, Now, One thing to keep in mind, though, for people that are going to be getting these things is certain vaccine providers, they may charge an administration fee or administrative fee for giving the shot. But I think that you can get that fee reimbursed uh, probably through your your health insurance or whatnot. But, yeah, that's just something for people to kind of keep in in mind, that that administrative fee could be something that kind of that could be on the forefront. Hey, not that expensive and stuff. And and we know that that. you know, well, as far as with insurance stuff like that, you're all good and stuff. And then if you're not, then those prices are are doable and stuff, where everybody should be able to get this uh, vaccination, especially with that Johnson Johnson one. Well, the thing about it is that um, when I look at that, it makes me wonder why why some of the doses are uh, cost or priced the way that they are, because I imagine that once these things have gone through the phase where the government has basically purchased the doses and uh, are paying for them with tax dollars, what's going to happen with this vaccine when it becomes like on the public market, right? When people basically are going to be responsible for basically paying for it on themselves. I feel like those costs can basically be astronomical at that point. So that's okay. that's something for people to kind of to, to kind of think about, uh, because I think that those prices, they everything in the way things work in this world, everything is based off demand, Right. And so as we see demand mm-hmm. continue to increase for this type of stuff, we're going to see that these people, these companies that are producing this vaccine, they're going to be able to make a shit ton of money off of this stuff, you know? Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. That's supply and demand. That's like those those uh, EpiPens and stuff like that. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean this, that, that's one shot that you're talking about life and death. And then, man, they jacked that thing up to, 
I don't even know how much, but it's, you know, but it's a, a, a crazy figure. Exactly. And, and so that's a good point because that's what we'll, that's what we'll see happen with this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Now, one thing to think about Pfizer, when it comes to like the distribution and how basically people are basically getting their, their vaccine out to the public vaccine, uh, Pfizer is going to be handling the distribution of their own uh, vaccine. Now there's going to be some other providers that may not do so. So that sometimes some of those costs could then be spread out to other individuals right now, thinking about this, right? I was reading somewhere, Jules, where they said that there could be costs for hospitals or different facilities to store the vaccination because it needs to be stored at very cold temperatures, right? Now that's something that a lot of these facilities, they don't have places on site to be able to do so. So that could be a situation where that could be another cost that these healthcare providers have that they could then pass off to basically people that are getting the vaccine later down the road. So just stuff for people to, to think about. Hey, make sure that stuff is cold, man. We don't want no janky uh, vaccinations, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the thing too, though, I mean, so we talked about earlier with the different uh, vaccine trials that, that are going on right now. And so the thing about it is um, the way that these things work is they're fully independent, and they are monitored by safety monitoring boards, right? And so mm-hmm. then any sort of data that comes from this is reviewed by the FDA and different expert panels. So Pfizer's vaccine was authorized on December 12th, and Moderna's version is currently being reviewed by the FDA, right? But what they're saying is, based off of what they've done in these clinical trials, they've seen a 95% uh, success rate with administering this vaccine. Um, and so- okay. When you see something like that, that basically is what they're saying, that they feel confident that this is something that they'll be able to really uh, be able to get a handle and get a control over this uh, this pandemic. I would say, too, the big thing that we just want people to really take out of this episode is just to continue to educate themselves. Not only just take this information that we're providing, but do your own research, right? Uh, contact your primary doctors, right? Look at different materials that's out there. So some of the things that I've basically been looking at is I've looked at materials that have been produced by John Hopkins um, because all of their information is basically based off science um, and not basically uh, biased information, right? And so for me, I will always want to make a, an informed decision, whether it's if I'm buying property or if it's you know some sort of uh, you know technology that I'm looking to to buy, right? It's no different between that or me analyzing if I want to take this vaccine. So for me, I think I'll just feel more comfortable with having at least 69 months of data from this phase three testing that we talked about earlier. Um, and also just making sure that we can see data that has basically been uh, conducted over a broad population and, and then being able to show us these age ranges, these uh, minorities, these this demographic, this race of people, whatever. Break it down so we can see all of the data, so we can then make it make it known for ourselves of okay, not only did they just uh, test people that are fit, but they tested people with health issues. They tested individuals that are considered maybe individuals that, ooh, these may be the people that are high risk. But just basically being able to make sure that we have all this data, jewels, I think that would make mm-hmm. me feel very uh, comfortable um, because we all want this pandemic to get under control, right? But at the same time, we also can't rush this process, as you mentioned earlier. We can't just do this thing haphazardly. There has to be a mm-hmm. rhyme or reason, and it has to be a strategy behind it in order for us to get control of this. Well, yeah, definitely, man. Well, you hit it, you hit the nail right on the head, man. When you talk about as far as the data 
because that, like you say, it it will definitely ease people's uh, mind and tension and stuff like that when going forward and making a decision uh, about this vaccination. And if yeah. I get it, what would actually happen? Will I be okay? Can I contract this virus after getting this uh, shot and stuff like that? So those are all uh, legitimate uh, questions and things to be studied. And also, like you're saying, do your own research and where you'll be cool with it. Like, okay, I can get it. Or you'll be like, you know what? You know, I'm not going to get it. So it is it's up to the individual. Absolutely, man. Because um, I'll just speak just personally. Like, I'm not a first responder like Jules is, right? So the, the concerns and thoughts that Jules may have on this may be a little different for me because I've been fortunate to have been working from home since February. So I've had a mm-hmm. lower risk of contracting it because I have been limiting who I've been around, right? So with him, he doesn't really have that flexibility because he's got to go on calls. He has jobs to go on. He's exposing himself to individuals. So it's a different type of thought process. And that's basically why we want to make sure that people just think about your current lifestyle and your situation and then use the data that's being presented out here. And then you make your decision. Because I think that's where it really comes down to for people. Right. Yeah. You know, some, hey, some of them calls, man, you know, of course, I have my mask and gloves and stuff like that. And then at the end of it, you know, you're talking to the, the uh, you know, the people and stuff like that. And at the end, like, yeah, I, ju- I just had COVID and stuff like that. And, and you know, you sit up there talking to this person like, man, that would be the first thing, you could, you know what I'm saying? You could have let me know, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. You sit up there like, you know, because, I, you know, I got to go home. I got a family and stuff like that. I don't want to contract anybody, you know, right. because right. I'm out here working and stuff. And I don't know what that person is carrying or had carried already or is carrying. And then... I get exposed to, and I come back and, and you know, and get my my family sick. Those are some things like with me and also millions of others and stuff like that. Yeah, to consider like, man, if I get it, you know, what I'm saying what we was talking about how what it just described in the beginning of the pod, where it it will keep you know keep you safe from c- contracting and getting somebody else uh, sick and stuff like that. So some of them things we definitely got to you know look at and like say we get the data and, and if it's proven and stuff like that, like. Okay, like for me, it'd be like, okay, that's a no-brainer. Right. You know, so. Yeah, man, because I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to continue to hold off on this thing. I would encourage people just, like you said, just do your research, figure out your individual lifestyle and your situation, right, and then base it off of that. But just for me, I'm going to hold off until more of that data comes in. But I would say this, man, when I was doing research on this, Jules, and I was looking at the different vaccines, they're still trying to figure out exactly all the different things that the vaccine is even possible, what is even possible with the vaccine. So for me, I'm like, the best vaccine, and I don't even know if we even have that on the market right now, will be one that will accomplish three things. That will be able to prevent infection, that will reduce mm-hmm. the severity of this illness, right, if someone gets the virus. But then most importantly, that will be able to intercept the basically the fact of this thing being spread. Because I think those are the things that when we're looking at this uh, this coronavirus, those are the things that have really just made this thing become the, the issue that has been not even just in this country, but globally. And right. so that vaccine for me, I know when you look at this thing and it's priced different ways. Well, I don't know where those different price points come in, why they're priced that way. I don't know if maybe somebody used a different technology when they developed theirs, but I would just hope that basically... Um, <laughs> the different vaccine options that are out there, if someone does take one, that they basically are putting themselves in a position to be helping themselves rather than basically taking something that is not really, um, you know, helping them as it should be. Or maybe we may find out that, you know, down the road, 
maybe something else has changed with this virus or something along those lines. So I just hope that uh, that we continue to keep getting the data and information so that way we actually know what this vaccine will help and what it won't help do. That being said, I mean, people, we got a lot of decisions to make with this whole thing. But like I said, we got the CDC involved. We have all of these different monitoring safety groups involved. And the one thing that they say, the safety is probably their most top priority. Uh, we consider when to recommend um, a vaccine or anything like that, a treatment. And so mm-hmm. the fact that they have this thing basically being used for emergency use right now, it basically shows that they basically feel confident with the data so far, right? And so right, right. I think for me, when I look at this, it's just, hey, uh, let's continue to get these things tested out here. Uh, let's make sure that we're transparent about the results of the different tests. So that way you have people that will be more confident and comfortable uh, with basically looking at this and, and going forward with it. All right. Man. Yeah, I have nothing else on it, man. Brez, hey, hey, this is a lot of good information here, man. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed, boy. I tell you that. This thing definitely helped me out. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. And that's why, you know, because beginning episodes, you know, we joked about, oh, man, I'm not taking this thing. I'm not taking this thing. But then I said, you know what, Jules? Man, we need to sit back and kind of maybe learn a little bit more about this thing because I said it may come down to a situation where maybe six to nine months from now, it may be something that we want to look at. So to that point, that's why we wanted to do this episode for the audience because we wanted you guys to kind of think about some of this stuff. And maybe some people haven't had the time to kind of sit back and read through all the different uh, tests and the different clinical trials that are available out there. So we wanted to kind of give you a short synopsis version of some of the research that we did on this. So, I mean, without further ado, you know, everybody just realized that we're not telling you what to do or what not to do. Uh, It's really just to educate, to inform, and just to let you know that, hey, you know what? There are options out there potentially. You just have to see what works best for you and your particular health situation. I mean, without further ado, This has been an awesome episode. I hope that people learned a lot from this information. I know I learned a lot from it, and I just can't wait till some more of this data becomes available. Yes, sir. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> me too. Jules, go on to hit him with that curtain call, bruh. All right, this curtain call goes out to University of Florida basketball player Keontae Johnson. Keontae collapsed on the court in the middle of his team game against Florida State on December 12th and was brought to a nearby hospital where he was placed in a medically induced coma. Wow. His condition will ultimately improve, and Keontae was released from the hospital this week after enduring a very scary medical emergency. The pace of his recovery was nothing short of amazing, and Keontae will be able to spend holidays with his friends and family. For God, it's all the glory. And note now, he recovered from COVID this summer, and, and doctors are keep monitoring to see if that had triggered to him collapsing. We just want to say, Keontae, please. Please, we we keep you in our prayers, and we will be looking forward to seeing you back in the court real soon, brother. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Deezer. We appreciate your continued support of this podcast. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.